Show me what you got, got This got, is the Rich Eisen Show. I can't remember the last time the Jets were, what's the word for it? Competent. With the fourth pick. Overly competent at this. With the tenth pick. With the twenty-sixth pick. The New York Jets select. Jets had a great draft. Holy crap, did they have a great draft. Oh my god, they had a great draft. It was incredible. Oh my god. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. NFL Network Analyst, Daniel Jeremiah. ESPN NFL Analyst, Robert Griffin III. Commander's Head Coach, Ron Rivera. Plus, renowned author, Don Winslow. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody. Welcome to this edition of The Rich Eisen Show. We're here in Los Angeles, California. And don't worry, I'm not going to spend the next three hours talking like I'm reading a a children's book to a group of kindergartners, showing you the entire pictures across the entire classroom, from left to right, from Brockman to Del Tufo to T.J. Jefferson. Good morning to you, gents. How are you today? Good morning to you, sir. Good to see you guys. We are all here in the Los Angeles studio. The candle's lit here on Peacock and Sirius XM Channel 85, NBC Sports on Peacock and NBC Sports Audio, we say hello to our terrestrial radio audience listeners on this terrestrial radio network, coast to coast, the Rich Eisen Show, terrestrial radio network is what I call it. Uh, we say hello to everybody who's listening to the uh, the show on the Odyssey app and catching up on the show on our podcast, listening whenever you darn well please on the Cumulus Podcast Network where you get all of your podcasts or you can uh, check everything out on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Um, top story today, um, uh, outside of the NBA playoffs, we're a football-centric show for many different reasons. And we've got Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL Network going to be joining me here in about 18 minutes times because uh, I quite honestly can't quit him. Um, he's going to be joining us to review the entire NFL draft and spin things forward a little bit here. Ron Rivera of the Washington Commanders will be joining us top of hour number three. Guess what? They chose a quarterback, Sam Howell. We didn't really talk about uh, that very much. Top of the fifth round, a guy who could have been the first quarterback taken if the NFL draft was held in September of 2021, uh, as opposed to um, April of 2022. Um, Ron Rivera will be joining us on this program. And uh, we've also got RG3, top of our number two. Got a chance to hang with him. Uh, in the Rose Bowl a couple of weekends ago, he only ran a four four eight forty. That's it. Uh, in the Run Rich Run competition. So stupid. And he was covering the uh, draft for the Worldwide Leader in Sports. So he's got a lot of two cents on many subjects. And the uh, the author Don Winslow, whose new book City on Fire, uh, where all books are on uh, are on sale, he'll be joining us in hour number three on this program. So we'll be. Uh, having a, a talk with a man of arts and letters and, and such, to use the phrase from uh, Unforgiven. Classing the place up. So, so that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You know. Um, so here's the deal. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins gets popped for performance-enhancing drugs, and that was a shocker for many reasons. One is the guy doesn't look like he needs to enhance his performance very much at all. <laughs> you know? And you know, we we always think of of performance enhancing drugs through the prism of, I guess, uh, the the late '90s in baseball. It just rocks you up, makes you big, uh, and rocking yourself up and making you big doesn't really help a wide receiver very much. It might help in terms of returning to the field and performance. I I, I always talk about how DeAndre Hopkins uh, performs and what makes him that much better than every everyone else is his hands. He's, the, the football seems to stick to his hands when he catches. They're like vices. He just, 
He's got hands like pythons. Really, they, they don't. There's not a lot of drop footballs, and also his ability to get his feet down in bounds. The number of times when um, throughout the years anybody from the Houston Texans uh, would throw to him, uh, obviously Deshaun Watson most famously, and then Kyler Murray. Anytime he throws the ball towards uh, the back of the end zone or the sidelines or the the pylon of the end zone. There's never any question that his feet get down. You, they, they never show the replay, and it's like, oh, that toe's out of bounds, or oh, the heel came down out of bounds. It's always perfectly planted in the field. Is that something that a performance-enhancing drug can improve? Look, all I'm saying is the conversation is about his legacy and about uh, what this means for his legacy. And for me, that will be a conversation when it's all said and done and over about being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Friend of the program, Julian Edelman, got popped for this sort of stuff. And we're still talking about him going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, potentially. And I know there's an argument between uh, postseason and regular season and whether it's worth it or not. And I think that'll be a conversation that we'll still have about DeAndre Hopkins when it's all said and done. But the bottom line is something was in his system. And once again, it's an athlete who says, I have no idea how it got in there. And I quite honestly don't understand that. For anybody who who is uh, a high-performance athlete and knows that he's going to have to be tested and knows this sort of stuff is being looked for, how, how do they not know what's going in their body? But he basically said, I'm mindful of what I put in my body and I've always taken a holistic approach, so I'm working with my team to investigate how this could have happened. I'm, 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 I look forward to the results of that because I, I don't understand how that happens. But even as careful as I've been, clearly I wasn't careful enough. That's true. He apologizes to everyone, his, the fans, the Cardinals, his teammates, the entire Cardinals organization. I don't want to let my team down. I fully intend to get to the bottom of this. As soon as I have more information, I'll share it, which will be great because I'd like to know how a high-performance, high-profile athlete gets this sort of stuff found in his system. So I, I, earth, I, 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 I'm disappointed to hear this. I would love to know what it is. I'd love to know any expert when I find out what it is. Um, for a while, everybody thought it was low-grade beaver tranquilizer because somebody from PFF tweeted it out, and everybody saw that uh, that moniker and thought he had information, but it was really just, what, a dodgeball reference? Yeah, it's a line okay. dodgeball. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's so many people went down that rabbit hole yesterday as to what it is, but I'd love to know what it is and how it can actually affect his performance, and that'll be something that I'll look at down the road when he's finally done with everything. But in terms of the argument as to who's better, who's the best in the league, you know, last year before the the the, the top 10 players in the NFL was revealed on NFL Network, I put DeAndre Hopkins over Devontae Adams. And that was a huge mistake. That's one of my bads. And now Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas and um, getting ready for his second act of his career. And DeAndre Hopkins' second act of his career is put to a screeching halt with a six-game PED suspension, something that Devontae Adams doesn't have hanging over his head. So that argument right now is uh, is closed, as far as I'm concerned, is who's the best receiver in the NFL. And now you've got young kids who are up and coming right now that are putting their name out there for that sort of uh, a conversation, from Jamar Chase to, obviously, Justin Jefferson and everyone else that's being drafted in the league and Debo. But the conversation for the moment, this moment right now, is what does it mean for a team that has no question playoff aspirations, the the team that lasted the longest 
last season without a loss. The last remaining undefeated team last season. And the conversation's all about how they finish poorly. Because that's the way that this team has always stepped in it since Kyler Murray has been the quarterback and Cliff Kingsbury has been the coaches. They don't finish well. Well, now they're going to have to start six games without somebody who clearly makes them better. All you have to do is look at the numbers. I mean, last season, including playoffs, last season, the the team was 8-2 and two with Hopkins and 3-5 and five without. And a couple of those wins without was when Kyler Murray was out as well. And Colt McCoy performed very well in division games for this team. And uh, they were without him in the playoffs, and that thing was all she wrote because he hurt his knee. And that's, again, part of the reason when he was out last year, he was out with a hamstring injury in November, which is another shocking thing about this whole conversation. November is when he tested first positive for the PED. This thing happened in November, and I guess it's being appealed, and he finally dropped his appeal, and it came out in May. Wow. Uh, again, there's just so much head-scratching about this. So if if he was being careful, whatever he was taking back in November might have been to bounce back from a hamstring injury. So clearly they're not as good of a team without him. So now it comes down to May 12th. All eyes on May 12th. Why May 12th? Yeah, why May 12th? That's when the schedule comes ah. That's when we'll find out who the first six opponents for the Arizona Cardinals will be. And I don't see six games that I would prefer if I had my druthers. If I'm Michael Bidwell, I'm, I'm Steve Kyman, or anybody with any influence to call up that was like a hard the home <laughs> office of the NFL and try and work the refs and lobby to say, hey, if you could give these six games, does any combination of these six games to us, we're in. Their home schedule, they have, again, uh, as we know, a 17-game regular season schedule, 17 opponent. Uh, regular season schedule now. And this is the year the NFC has nine home games. Last year it was the AFC had nine home games. The extra home game, if you will, against an opponent that ordinarily previously would not have been on their schedule from the AFC, that's the Patriots. Hey. That's the Patriots they have at home. Looks like I'm going to Arizona this year. Hey, right? (laughs) Well, it depends on, again, May 12th. You'll find out when it is and, and, and on what day it is. And so the home opponents, we all know it's the three division opponents, and that's the same thing for the road. Their other home opponents, other than the Patriots, are the Saints, Bucks, Eagles, Chiefs, and Chargers. That's really hard. <laughs> and the other road opponents, other than the Seahawks, Niners, and Rams, are the Falcons, Panthers, Raiders, Broncos, and Vikings. Now, I'll tell you what, you, you, the, the if you will, based on just... You can never predict these things. But they're easiest, if you will, in quotes, winnable, in quotes, games against a certain opponent, if you wouldn't mind putting that back up again, Mike Hoskins, is are the road teams. But you go into Minnesota with the skull chant. You you go into you know Denver where you're thinking okay they might be you want to catch them early because Russ is still getting his sea legs under him and you know uh, you want to go to the Falcons maybe that's one you'll say I'd like to get that road game with the Falcons out of the way the road game against the Panthers, Panthers out yeah, of the way for sure 
Although the Panthers started a house of fire. Remember, Sam Darnold was an MVP candidate going into October last year. Three weeks. Because Christian McCaffrey was healthy. Three weeks. I don't know, folks. Cardinals are going to have to finish strong for the first time in order to make the playoffs. And we know that right now, and it's the first week of May. Because of this news that broke yesterday, it's the first thing I thought of. Is like, can they have the six-game suspension on the back end? Because that's usually <laughs> when they're going to swoon anyway. <laughs> can they get that head of steam going? Right. right, and give him the rest so he can have good legs going into the playoffs? It's just not the way it works. Yeah, let's be 8-3, and 9-2. Yeah. And, and then, and then we'll do our game. usual fade without him, yeah. but at least he's going to get better. He'll have fresh <laughs> legs for January. I, honestly, that's what I thought when I first thought of this thing outside of the disappointment of hearing this about a player who I've re- I really have admired and appreciate his abilities. But we're going to have to reverse the usual Cardinals uh, line of attack here, which is start strong and finish poorly. You're going to have to overcome a poor start now. Well, good luck with that. Certainly with the Rams, much better. The Niners are going to have Debo back, and Seattle, who the heck knows? I don't know. That's just in the division. You look at their schedule. That's a brutal schedule. They're playing the AFC West this year. And this is this is the year that you don't want to face the AFC West. Like, maybe any year for the next for, five or six. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. And the Patriots are that extra game for them? And the NFC South means you get Brady? That's what I thought of. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial today. Um, NBA playoffs um, are uh, distressing for my two friends here in the studio. As uh, the Sixers do not look anything like what they need to look like. How's that for an analysis? Well, we're missing a key piece. Thank you, sir. Um, And... um, here we go. Only eight teams left in these NBA playoffs for the right to go play for the Larry O'Brien trophy. So, Larry O'Brien. Lawrence O'Brien. So um, we'll talk about that a little bit, and then we've got a lot of football on our minds. But let's take a break so when we come back, we've got our friend Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. But before we do that, I want to tell you about my friends at Callaway. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver, tell you what, it's the only one built to completely bomb it. It's been speed-tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST has been engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge. That gives you more speed on off-center hits, which I appreciate. Provides more forgiveness. I really appreciate that. But that's just the beginning because Callaway's engineered a rogue ST for every player. Most golfers are going to fit into the Max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. That's what I use. The Max D, the dedicated draw model for players who need more shot shape correction. Whenever I hit a draw off the tee, it'll be some people like, oh, nice draw. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> <laughs> There's the Max LS that gives you stronger trajectory and a more neutral ball flight, also more spin. The true players out there, the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS. That's the compact low spin head that the tour players love. That's for you. 
Callaway's thought through every aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go rogue. Find your rogue SG driver at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. We'll talk to my friend Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Back here with our terrestrial radio family. Hello to you. Uh, and I say hello on Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line to my good friend who I uh, spent many, many an hour in Las Vegas with on the end of the set for the NFL Network draft coverage. My friend at Move the Sticks, Daniel Jeremiah. How you doing, DJ? I'm doing great, Rich. I was, uh, I was just glad that only half of my face has burned off from uh from the sun but the other half is in great shape. i know you yeah i mean you you were the old harvey d you're in the old harvey dent chair um you know <laughs> i had the back of my head that was getting roasted by the sun as it set behind the bellagio but it was hitting you just on the right side of your face so you got that thing yeah. going on yep yeah no the right side i, I could take some pro side profile pictures and i look the as tan and as soon as i've ever looked and then i turn the other way and it's, it's no bueno <laughs> Well, it was a blast, man. It was a total blast. Um, let's jump into this um, conversation being the quarterbacks in this year's draft and what to make of it. Now that we're through it, what what's your take on what the league thought about this year's draft class at quarterback now? Well, I think it's kind of the way we previewed it. You know, it was, uh, you know, it just wasn't a, a really strong group. Now that's based off the evaluations and then coming into the league and, and some of them landed in good situations and hopefully – uh, with patient teams, so I think in you know I'm, I'm happy for these guys because I think it would have been hard for them to go to teams in the first round and with expectations being higher and rushing them onto the field. I don't know that we would have seen many success stories 
Um, but I think now when you look at some of these situations and, you know, you look at Ritter or Howell and kind of where they landed and, and when they landed, I, I think that gives them uh, an opportunity to maybe eventually be a successful quarterback. So I think it ended up working out well for all of them. Okay, so then let's take this uh, a couple at a time because, as you know, we will always be looking back on something. Um, which one of these guys winds up in, say, like I guess a Lamar Jackson position where it's like, well, they waited a while, but perfect spot, perfect coaching staff, perfect – opportunity for them to succeed um and then go for it um which one of those guys do you think landed in that position well i know he was the first one to go but i can't find a better situation than what kenny pickett landed in i mean obviously the familiarity there in pittsburgh you start there but i just think going to a team with a talented defense with a big time running back they've really tried to invest in the offensive line i think they have more work to do there um, but I think he's, I think he's going to fit in and it's just it, like the Ravens, like the Ravens have done nothing but win for the last 20 years. And Lamar Jackson just fit right into that winning culture. I think Kenny Pickett going to the Steelers is the same type of vibe. I just, that's an organization that just knows how to win. And I think with his skill set, I think they're going to be excited to have somebody that can move around. You know, Ben did that, you know, as, as well as anybody for a long period of time, but he hasn't done that the last couple of years. So um, I think they'll uh, they'll be excited about getting him in there. I, I can't find a better fit than that one. Yeah, I mean, Tomlin told us on Saturday when he joined us uh, on our live draft coverage that he absolutely has a shot to start week one, that he's gonna, there's going to be a competition. with He mentioned Mason and he mentioned um, Mitch, as in, you know, the killer M's, if you will, Rudolph and Trubisky. So he's going to have a real shot, I think, week one yeah. for no, Pittsburgh. I, I think he will. And I think when you saw the numbers come in on Trubisky's contract, um, you know, when they first signed Trubisky, I didn't know the numbers. I thought, okay, Mitch is going to get the shot to be this guy here. And then you saw what the numbers came in and how low they were as backup money. Um, so I was like, okay, well, they're not, you know, that this is an this is a uh, opportunity for Mitch, but this is not a commitment from the Steelers. So then I guess let's remove Pickett from the next uh, scenario I'm throwing out there. Who's got the ability to pull off a DAC, meaning a veteran quarterback who's absolutely starting, uh, gets hurt in the preseason, and this person is forced into action and turns out to be terrific and a future starter and pro bowler in the league. Who do you think has that best opportunity? Well, I think that, that Corral has a ton of ability. Um, you know, just you look at where he is, you know, I think Sam Darnold will probably be able to hold him off, for, you know, at least initially. Uh, but I could see him, if he were to get in there and get that opportunity eventually, he's, you know, he's, he's got a ton of ability. Um, he's got the quickest release in this draft. He can really, really run and move around and create and make things happen. So, um, you know, I don't know how good the Carolina Panthers are going to be. They sure as heck need to keep McCaffrey healthy. But uh, that, that would be one I could identify. If he, you know, whenever he does get on the field, like, that dude's talented. He's got a lot of ability. And what about Howell? I've got Ron Rivera coming up in hour number three. You know, I started the show by saying if the draft was held Labor Day weekend – of 2021 he could have been the first overall selection in the draft right how well i think he had a chance to be the top quarterback just a matter of what people thought of the quarterbacks overall i, I did him over the summer and uh I, I thought that you know he was a little bit lesser version of baker mayfield so you know look baker went number one so it's not far-fetched to say that um but you know i, I think it's interesting with him going there with Wentz. You know, polar opposites kind of when you, when you look at the way that they play. Obviously, different bodies. I mean, Wentz is enormous. Howell's a little short. But Carson, when, you know, when the pressure comes, he's liable to throw a left-handed interception and things can go haywire. 
Whereas with Howell, I thought Howell did a pretty good job last year when he was under duress of, of making some things happen. So the poise that he has, I think, will serve him well there. I, I personally, I know they've got Heineke. I know that they're committed to Carson. But via, via injury or, or poor performance, I just get a feeling we're going to see him this year. I, I really do. I think we'll see him get an opportunity at some point in time. Daniel Jeremiah at Move the Sticks, his podcast, along with Bucky Brooks, is must listen to. It's called Move the Sticks right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So I guess we know why Steve Kime decided a one and a three for Hollywood Brown was a, a good move, huh? We found that out? <laughs> yeah. Once you saw that suspension come down with, with, with D-Hop, that makes even more sense. But um, I think he fits in well there. I mean, there's a reason why he wanted out of Baltimore. Uh, he didn't love the system is what, is what he said. And, man, he's going to love this system. He's already played in it, basically. So he's played it in college. He's got his college quarterback. Um, and now, you know, I think the ball is going gonna, is gonna to come to him early and often. So I, I know some people were comparing that to the A.J. Brown trade and saying, wow, they gave up way too much for Hollywood Brown, but you, you got to know kind of what you run and who you are and how guys fit. I think he's going to be an outstanding fit in Arizona. So how does that work? Um, you know, obviously you have spent many a, a, a year um, in the NFL and front offices and scouting department. I mean, the, he, he pops in November, and so Steve Keim and the rest of the Cardinals knew pretty much over Thanksgiving throughout that December swoon without him. Um, and and the loss in the playoffs that this was coming, and thus they needed to address that at some point, and certainly in the draft that was a priority. Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah. Usually they know way ahead of time on this stuff, and so it gives you opportunities to plan um, going forward. So that was not. Uh, I don't think this was some last minute last minute deal. It rarely is. So you, you get that information and. You got opportunities to try and explore all the different options that exist out there, and um, you know I, I don't know that I could have found a better option for them in terms of just the fit, you know, with the scheme and, and run after catch, and the familiarity with your quarterback. So that's why you know that one made a lot more sense when all that news came out. Right, and it also makes your quarterback happy. Although he's not going anywhere. I mean, Steve Kahn, we had him on yesterday before all this happened, and um, he brought the hammer down on anything. You know, and he did that obviously pre-draft in his his press conference as well. No, no intention of trading this guy. No, no chance of and, trading this guy is what he said. No and chance. Rich, Rich, Rich. Yeah. As we've learned, yes. If a head coach or a general manager comes on the Rich Eisen show <laughs> and says that a player will not be moved, and we know that will never happen. But his response was he was he was a good general manager and he had Carson Palmer and then after Carson retired he was a bad general manager and then Kyler Murray comes in and now he's a good general manager again that was his answer as to why he's not trading him that's exactly what he said interesting what? Yeah. interesting <laughs> he did, but he did. I mean look are we gonna, are we going to call it a Vrabel going forward I mean what, are we going to name yeah, that that's you know, true he did say uh, he's still the coach of the Tennessee Titans too you know last I checked. You know, and and we had Howie Roseman on yesterday as well, and and the conversation that we had Daniel on on our draft set about wide receivers in the market in the NFL these days, um, and, and how fascinating a position it is now. That um, he 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 was the one who raised his hand and said, "I, I will take and pay AJ Brown because he's a known quality." And the Titans are like, "Yeah, you know what? We know who he is. We actually even like who he is. We actually like him being here, but we're not paying him, and we're going to take his comp." It's, that was a fascinating sequence on uh, on Thursday night. Damn. You know what's interesting, though? Look up, um, and maybe, you know, we'll get Brockman to do some work and stop complaining <laughs> about his crappy Red Sox. 
but look up look up what Ryan Tannehill makes at the quarterback position, then look up what Jalen Hurts makes at the quarterback position, and you can understand why it's a lot easier to pay A.J. Brown in Philadelphia than it is in Tennessee. Okay. Chris, are you doing that right now, or are you am, protesting am, Daniel Jeremiah's uh, framing of, uh, of well, this? Well, I mean, I, I don't appreciate the framing. I don't think the Padres are that much better than the Red Sox. Actually, they are. We're 15-8. and eight. We're 15-8. and eight. Yes, we are. All right, so you're that much better. I get it. See, Chris doesn't pay attention to Southern California baseball. He likes carping on the Angels, too, and look at I what they like look like right now. I do like carping on the Angels. I actually have you, Darvish on my fantasy team, so okay, there you go. just back off. We're just tap dancing. Uh, Ryan Tannehill makes 29 million this year. Jalen Hurts makes and, much uh, less than Jalen that. Jalen Hurts, I'm guessing, is much, much less. Uh, Jalen Hurts is coming in at 1.157. There you go. <laughs> so That's it. And there you have it. So, you know, <laughs> there, a lot less. And there you have it. No question about that. Uh, okay, so the draft choice that's uh, lingered with you, that made you think that was uh, something I did not see coming, uh, is what, Daniel Jeremiah? Two yeah, days I mean, I, I think I would say Detroit's trade-up for Jamison Williams. And uh, and when we look back on it, I really like it, especially considering they didn't really have to give up that much um, to come all the way back up there and get him and, and get a real, real special, explosive player. But, you know, I had heard, we had talked about it before the draft, I, I was getting calls before the draft saying, hey, Detroit's calling teams inside the top ten trying to come back up with their second pick. And when you hear that, I mean, the quarterback alarm bells go off. You know, if a team's trying to come all the way back up there, you think maybe a pass rusher, but more than likely quarterback. So where, you know, we were in the draft, I'm sitting there saying, okay, is it, you know, Jermaine Johnson, the pass rusher, or they coached, uh, you know, they coached Malik Willis at the Senior Bowl. So got to be one of those two guys. And then all of a sudden, nope, they're taking the, the speed receiver from, from Alabama. So I liked it in having a chance to look at it and see how it all came together. I just did not see it coming. What would you say to a Vikings fan that watched the draft and saw the Vikings facilitate the Lions to get Jamison Williams and then facilitate the Packers in getting Christian Watson? And this is the, these are the two guys you're going to have to cover twice a year for quite some time. And obviously we don't know how they're going to work out. But shouldn't the Vikings, if Green Bay or the Lions call them to say, yeah, no thanks, and just hang the phone up, Daniel? Seriously. <laughs> well, I think, that's, I think that's changed. And we've talked about some of the changes with the, kind of the new guard versus the old guard. And when you have these new, younger general managers, we saw it in baseball. You know, you never see you know, rival teams or teams inside the same division make trades in baseball. That's kind of softened a little bit over the years. I think the analytic approach is – we worry about you know how the result is for us and not so much about what it does for other folks and so they don't really look at it the way that you know fans look at it the way that we've always looked at it so it's a it's a different mindset but yeah no it's a it's a fascinating little subplot to what they did i thought the the, the more egregious thing was they just didn't get enough you know okay you're going to trade in the division and, and gift a good player there but you got to get you know, value for, for moving back there i didn't think they got enough picks now i like i like lewis seen who they took Mm-hmm. Uh, when they slid back in the first round, he's a stud. I had a defensive-minded uh, head coach who said he was his favorite player in the draft and said the guy could come in and teach our defense already, like he's that smart. So they got a good football player. Um, I just think it's a different it's a different era than what we used to have. I agree. I, I, I honestly just uh, that that's something that has stuck with me since since uh, you know Vegas is just wondering. Okay, what if these two guys start lighting it up? and makes things more difficult for Minnesota twice a year, they only have themselves to blame, right? I mean, I guess 
they could have um, gone somewhere else and gotten the guy they wanted, but you're the ones who say yes to it. I don't understand yeah, it. Was it you help me out on this one because you got a memory like an elephant. Okay. The, uh, the Eagles, when they traded up for Devontae Smith, did they trade up uh, with the Giants? Or somebody, or the was Cowboys? It, wasn't it the, uh, I don't know, Devontae Smith, that was the 10th overall pick last year. Um, reason, I don't think, I think the Cowboys got up ahead. They got up ahead of. I think they got the Dolphins. Was it the Dolphins that they made that trade with? I'm just trying to wonder. Isn't that what they did? They kind of swapped around. Um, that one escapes me. I don't. I'm still stuck yeah, in I, Vegas. I knew it was the Giants. They were either trying to get ahead of the Giants or the Cowboys, but it was. It was definitely there was a lot of. We talked a lot about it on the air at the time about the division component to that trade. Giants. Um, you know, the Giants. Yeah, they traded yeah. it with the Giants, and and then you know I guess the Giants then to get ahead of the Cowboys to get ahead of the Cowboys twelve yeah. right, and the Cowboys said screw it, we'll just take uh, Micah Parsons anyway, Parsons. <laughs> and then the Giants moved down. Here's the thing: and the Giants moved down, and then the that's how the Bears traded up for for Justin Fields, and then the Giants moved the board around to the point where Justin Fields gave them the ability to choose Evan Neal this year. You know, so yeah. Oh, wait, man. sorry, uh, sorry, I misread the. The Giants traded with the Bears at 11. Right. The Eagles swapped with Dallas, actually. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's it. The Eagles swapped with Dallas. Well, I mean, at least it, it worked out for everybody. I guess it worked out for everybody yeah. is that Micah Parsons, um, you know, uh, wound up on the team. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. If Lewis Seen turns into be, you know, one of the if – let's just put it this way. If, if <laughs> Honestly, if right, if Lewis Seen turns into somebody like Ed Reed and picks off Jared Goff trying to throw to Jamison Williams, then I guess we'll just re- we'll revisit this conversation right now. So uh, let's, let's finish up with this. Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. So Baker Mayfield, we had a great conversation on Saturday, I thought, about under-the-radar spots for him – where, you know, he might not start this year, but he can, you know, still get on a team and have an opportunity to make plays or have an opportunity to get in uh, or uh, compete with a, a quarterback that we're not thinking of. And I think the Lions was mentioned. Um, uh, I think I, I mentioned Tampa. I forgot who you mentioned. But w- walk me through what you think the options are for Cleveland right now and then where Baker could sneaky wind up. Daniel. Yeah, I think I think the options are they're going to have to eat almost all that money and get a low pick, or they're going to end up just have an outright release him. And when you look at the teams, I don't know how. I it's funny we did the the conversation with with Pete Carroll, and I came away from that thinking you know, kind of ambiguous, like I didn't think one way or the other, uh, yes or no. And then I I talked to one person in the league said, hey, saw you guys talk with Pete Carroll. There's no way they're signing. Baker Mayfield, and somebody else will call and say, hey, Pete Carroll's not like he might be signing Baker Mayfield. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd get, I don't know what you take out of that. Um, but the team that I mentioned was the Giants. You know, I, I just thought, okay, you don't pick up the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones. Um, you know, I just think you come in there if you want to have a, a competition, and uh, maybe that gets the best out of Daniel Jones, or maybe Baker just comes in there flat out, beats him out, and off you go. I know they've got Tyrod Taylor there as well. But I would say, based off of accomplishments at their best in this league, that you know Baker Mayfield's played at a higher level than those two guys have. So um, that was the one team that stood out to me. Now maybe Brian Dayball, first-year head coach; Joe Shane, first-year general manager. Maybe they don't want to, uh, you know, deal with a quarterback controversy, so to speak. But uh, you can make a strong case he could win that job. 
No, I know Daniel Jones um, ha- had, uh, you know, neck problems that knocked him out last year that you never know. So that would be some interesting um, insurance as well. Um, but doesn't Terod Taylor and, and the, have some history with the Bills, obviously, took him to the playoffs before Josh Allen got there. And then, um, you know, I, I don't know if Dable was already there or not. I'm just trying to connect some dots. I know. <laughs> yeah. Terod Taylor and Baker Mayfield vying for the same job has some shades of Hugh Jackson to it. That I know. Um, <laughs> that would be something else. I forgot about that. I forgot about that one. Oh, yeah. I can never forget that, that Terod Taylor was constantly starting uh, and then um, instead of Baker Mayfield and then on a Thursday night when the Jets had Terod Taylor all bottled up and knocked him out of the game, Baker Mayfield's legacy was born. I remember that on a Thursday night. I can't forget all that stuff. And speaking of which, thank you for uh, telling Joe Douglas. I, um, I said hello, and he came on the show yesterday. It was a, it was. A How lo- was it? I didn't get a chance to see it, so I apologize. Not I a problem. Not a problem. Uh, I told him at one point, you know, as I was walking through the draft uh, choices, one greatest hit after another, that it sounded like that old Chris Farley Saturday Night Live sketch saying, you remember that time when you, you drafted <laughs> Garrett Wilson at 10? That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> And then, and then Jermaine Johnson dropped, and you traded to go get him. That was awesome. Like that—that's what it sounded like, Daniel. That's fantastic. I know. I know they're excited. I know. Uh, I think it was Rich Semini uh, tweeted it out this morning. I was just kind of scrolling through Twitter, and he and he put out their their two deep offensively. And if you were to go back and compare that to what it looked like a couple years ago, man, it is night and day. No, and I know that you're friendly with Joe, but I mean, would you in all seriousness say the Jets had the best draft of anyone? We all understand it takes a while to have it all come out in the wash, but best draft out of Vegas. Is it, is it the New York Jets, Daniel Jeremiah? Yeah. I mean, look, you start with just the number of picks they had. So, you know, they, they should have had the best draft and they absolutely, in my opinion, 100% did have the best draft. And he did, he did a brilliant job of kind of maneuvering around, um, you know, and being, uh, being aggressive when you needed to be, I didn't think he had to overpay for those though, to go get Jermaine Johnson and to get Brees Hall. Um, and they needed guys like they needed difference makers. They needed guys that you could quantify, you know, what they mean to the team. You're going to be able to watch jets games next year. And you're going to see touchdowns and sacks and interceptions and, you know, big-time runs. You're going to be able to kind of quantify the change and the difference uh, because they have spent some time really, you know, working on the trenches the last couple of years. Now you're going to get a chance to, to watch that as a fan and really be able to see numbers associated with their improvement. And what sort of rookie season do you think Brees Hall can have? I mean, can, can he – all right. I, I, we all know big-time backs come from the second round. Yeah. Um, what, what about him? What do you think? Yeah, he's really talented. I mean, you run four three nine at 217 pounds. Damn. You can catch the ball out of the backfield. You're excellent in the pass protection. Um, you know, the only thing that I would think could uh, limit some of the numbers is they have a stable of backs, and that's kind of the 49er way, the Shanahan way, is they're going to roll those guys through. And, you know, Michael Carter, he's a good player, as you saw last year. So he's going he's gonna to get some carries and some touches as well. I bet you he has a very high average uh, per carry, and I bet you uh, uh, he catches a good number of balls in that offense next year. I think he'll have a really good year. DJ, it was awesome hanging with you. You're so great at it, and we take our cue from you so much. And You and Charles Davis with our rotating seed of David Shaw and Joel Klatt and Peter Schrager. It's just dynamite, man. I, I just sit there and marvel at your ability to – 
to um, you know communicate and disseminate and and assimilate all at the same time uh, with um, uh, fountains going off behind you. It was just uh, it was it was wild. And then and then thank you for getting out of the chair and putting a mute blue man in yours. Uh, yep. That was wild yep. on Saturday. Thanks for that, Daniel. Yes, my my. Well, two things. Number one, you're a, you are the best of the best, and you make the whole thing uh, you. run. You you really do make the whole thing run. So I appreciate you. And then the other thing I would say is that my kids, uh, after three hours of draft coverage, long, exhausting days, and what you would hope would be some memorable moments from their father, mm-hmm. their favorite moment of the draft was the Blue Man Group on set while I was offset. So that was... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, spraying paper mache. We're we're showing the video right now of Josh Charles, <laughs> the actor Josh Charles, shot on his camera. Um, that was uh, that was something else, man. That was pretty wild. Uh, it was fun, man. I'm looking forward to next year, but uh, hopefully we get a great football season between now and well, then. Well, I'll chat with you soon. Love to have you in here, studio, whenever you're back uh, in uh, these parts. Thanks for the call, Daniel. You be well. Thanks, bud. See you, man. The great Bye-bye. Daniel Jeremiah, everybody. See you, buddy. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Love that guy. Spectacular. Best. All right, we will take a break. Uh, we'll come back and talk about who's not walking through that door in Philadelphia. Uh-oh. That's next right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. 844-204-RICH, number to dial for our terrestrial radio audience. We just showed uh, some of the runs from Run Rich Run, including RG3448. He wow. ran. <laughs> that is so stupid. <laughs> RG3 ran a 448 for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and Run Rich Run. And I just want to tell this story real quick before Robert Griffin III shows up. He's, it was his first year with NFL Legends to do this. Mm-hmm. The other four guys who ran, uh, Terrell Davis got hurt. Uh, he was in to run and, oh, and no. he got hurt, so he, didn't, he couldn't make oh, it. Um, so the other four who ran were all guys who uh, did it previous year, Eric Metcalf, Mike Vick, Mike Vick, Rod Woodson, and Chris Carter. So kind of them to come out again, the NFL Legends community with Tracy Perlman at, at the helm. Um, awesome. And Robert Griffin III committed to do it, but ESPN called him like two days before and say, we need you to do the USC spring game at the Coliseum at noon. And we thought that means he's out. He showed up to the fundraiser the night before, he and his wife, 
showed up at the fundraiser the night before and he's like what do you mean i'm not running and we're like well you got to be there at noon and he's like give me a time where i you know you guys are there and i'll, I'll do it so we found the time he showed up i mean right on time did some warm-ups had his daughters there and his wife there got down ran the 448 and then got out of dodge and did his work and then did his work and could not have been more first rate first class talking to alexander from saint jude aubrey from play 60 talking to the parents taking pictures said what do you mean i'm not running and then he ran, and then he put down a four four eight. So again, Aubrey and Alec and Alexander were the ones timing him, and um, I was going to time too because it was the first forty of the day, and right. you know Alexander and Aubrey had never timed a forty in their lives. <laughs> I wanted to make sure that I was doing it too, mm-hmm. and um, he gets down to start, and I start you know making sure that my phone's all set. He was already gone. Twenty yards in, I looked up. Oh, jeez. I know. So we checked the tape to make sure it was accurate. We timed it off the tape. 448. He was so quick off the line, I couldn't even get my phone ready. <laughs> He's just like, bam. Boom. Gone. Down and up and gone. 448. And it was just like, I, I went up to him and I'm like, because I didn't time it. I'm like, you want to run it again? He goes, why? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> One take. Uh, why not? Four, four, eight. 32. So thank you to RG3, and he'll be joining us in a, in a few moments here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, good That's stuff. Awesome. All right, I, I, I wanted to get into this uh, NBA stuff now, but we're so close to the end of the hour, I, I need to just take a phone call. I'm sorry about your Sixers, man. What are you sorry about? Because they, they don't look anything like a championship team, and they did. Bro, the MVP's not playing. We lost I game understand. one on the road. That's kind of okay. expected. Okay. I got it. Uh, let's go to Eli in San Antonio first and first up on the Rich Eisen Show at 844-204-RICH. What's up, Eli? Hi, Rich. Uh, congrats on the draft coverage. Y'all did fantastic. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. We're all proud of it. King of Spring, Charlie Oak on down for the NFL Network. Of course. Um, so simple question. Um, I still can't wrap my head around how the Titans traded away AJ Brown to my Eagles, of course. Mm-hmm. But sorry, TJ. Um, <laughs> but they basically just closed the door on their Super Bowl window. Like the two players mm-hmm. the Titans needed for that was AJ Brown and of course Derrick Henry. So the question is, should Derrick Henry just demand a trade? No. Oh. No, no, no. Already oh. like, what do you want him to? Is that oh, what you're saying? You want him to? He, yeah, he oh. wants him in no, Philly. No, you want him next to Miles that. Sanders? We, you want him? So it's... We just pay running backs. I mean, we just don't do not do No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Look, like, how about Brock, Eli, Eli, we have no idea. They got Traylon Burks, who is a very talented receiver and is the exact comp coming into this draft as A.J. Brown is as a professional player and so and and we have seen and we have seen we have seen wide receivers first year come in first second round and be dynamic aj brown being one of them so i i i I can't sit here and say that their their super bowl window is closed and i uh, thanks for the call eli we're up against the end of the hour and i can't say that that's going to affect derrick henry either i mean derrick henry's having incredible seasons and that was before aj brown even showed up or when aj brown showed up i'm sure it opened up 
things, and I think Traylon Burks has that ability. Did you see who else they drafted at the running back position late on day three? My guy Hassan Askins, who dropped because of medical concerns because he ran the ball a million times for the University of Michigan. Then he was banged up going in the combine. What did I tell you who the Seattle Seahawks needed? Yeah. That guy. Now, the Seahawks went ahead and got themselves a dynamic running back of their own yeah, in, the, in, in the draft. Kenny Walker, <laughs> who still needs to ask his <laughs> SID for $1,000 of the, the NIL money. We were trying to offer him after he scored 19 touchdowns against Michigan, and they didn't even hear our pitch. But I'll just tell you this. Hassan Haskins, as a guy coming in to spell Derrick Henry, Titans fans, you are going to love this guy. I do not believe the A.J. Brown trade means Derrick Henry should demand a trade or <laughs> that the Super Bowl window is closing. Don't forget the Titans last year wound up. They were the one seed. That's a hot take. Call you know, it. Mike Vrabel was the coach of the year for a reason. Man. Derrick Henry. But, you know, which some shows would lead their show off with that question. So, you know. Well, we just end our first hour with it. How does that sound? RG3, the great RG3 coming up in hour two. Don't go miss that. Should I just put that poll out? Like, should Derrick Henry demand a trade? No, don't do that. Do it. Don't do that. (laughs) Let's get something started. Eli just wants Derrick Henry in Philadelphia, too. Eli was just... Derrick Henry, I mean... Can you put up the Titans Titans draft one more time, too? Because the Titans went ahead and hit their offensive line as well. Um, You know... With the uh, little brother, Nicolas Petit Frere. By the way, that's French for little brother, Petit Frere. Um, From Ohio State. And, you know, Malik Willis sitting there. We could look back on this draft one day with my guy Haskins. And that Okonkwo from Maryland is terrific, too. I mean, these are just the usual big dudes. This is the Titans... Mantra right here, Traylon Burks and Hassan Haskins and Malik Willis and that guy, his kid, Okonkwo, Chiggy Okonkwo from Maryland. We might look back on this draft and say this is when the Titans just kept loading up, rolling big ass dudes, demanding business decisions being made on the spot by defense right at you. And Malik Willis being one of them. That kid is large. And, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm not sitting here and saying the AJ Brown deal is them just tapping out. I mean, I'm sure if Rabel would say, take your heart pills and buckle up, right? <laughs> that's exactly what he would say. That's that's what that draft said to me. Was Mike Vrabel's stance on the matter. Just to take your heart pills and buckle up. So, you even wrote a song about it, Chris, right? I did. So did our buddy. I truly believe. I'm, I'm just looking at Ryan Tannehill's, like, uh, Spotrack page, just trying to see, you know, does Malik Willis get some Not run right now. this year? No, Malik Willis, the whole concept for him is he's he, he needs a red shirt. He needs a red shirt. Take your heart pills and, and buckle up. Oh, he finally found the drop. Very good. <laughs> I have the music playing ready for the end of the no, hour. No, okay. no, no, no. You, I don't mean to, you know, mess with your system there, yeah, Mike. You know, he's got a system. I know that. Now that's the, that's, that's the the comp for Malik Willis from um, Daniel Jeremiah was Steve McNair. Cool. If you remember, he had uh, he had two redshirt years. Eighteen million dollar cap hit if they release him next that, year. That uh, that may not even ha- need to happen. Titans are in fine shape. Is the headline of that 
take, if you will. 